So the ally of mindfulness, satindriya, is uh, considered pivotal uh, and also it spans or includes all the others. Five allies, the five indriya, sadda, faith, virya, energy, sati, mindfulness, samadhi, collectedness, unification of mind, composure, panya, discernment, clarity. So mindfulness, so mindfulness of the body. It's like the ocean. So the Buddha, similarly, the Buddha used of it. Just so, just as the ocean collects all the streams flowing to the oceans, so all skillful states that give rise or support awakening flow and fulfill themselves in mindfulness immersed in the body. So all skillful states that are conducive to liberation flow into, fulfill themselves in mindfulness immersed in the body, mindfulness of body. And then we might also perhaps infer, gloss from that, that all skillful states will arise from that. Mindfulness of body will also uh, support and give currents of energy, currents of, of inclination, currents of disposition, flows of intentionality that are skillful. So it's kind of two-way. Kaya sati, kaya gata sati is uh, another phrase that's used as a sutta called the kaya gata sati, which means gata means is gone. So this is sati gone right into the body. So it's not mindfulness observing the body, but mindfulness has gone right in there. Yeah. Immersed, directed to, you know, saturated. Mm. Uh, and there's a simile that's used, it says it's like a, a massive oak door and if you throw things against it, it doesn't open, it repels unskillful influences. So this function, if we look at it this way, of sati, bearing in mind. Now how do you bear something in mind? You have a basic reference that you're looking for. What's her name? You know, and then these various items come towards it. Da, da, da. Oh yes, that's it, you got it. And so you remember something in terms of the verbal inclination, the articulation inclination. And how do we remember things emotionally? We get a sense of, have to be kind of emotionally fairly open and yet present and relaxed and then feels like, feels like this, right? <laughs> that is the present experience is touching this particular feels slightly threatening, feels pretty comfortable. So as a basic reference and the present circumstances are referred to that. Now how does the body remember? (laughs) 
does it need to remember? What does it need to remember? Well, I would say very simply, it needs to remember we're here <laughs> rather than about to be somewhere else or, or just an idea. I'm sitting in Gaia House. That's, no, that's, that's okay conceptually. It's not embodied though. Right? The body needs to know it's here, remember it's here. Whatever that means. It means the interoceptive sense sense the body has of itself as a living, well, connected, vibrant, feeling, sensitive experience is steadied. It's got a stable stability to it. Interoceptive sense. It's not withdrawn. It's not rushed out. It's not broken up. It's all here. And then in what? Space, openness, steadying. So this is kind of what we're inclining towards in unfolding and opening this capacity. Mm. With Sadha and Virya and obviously discernment comes into that because we have to know that that's not no that's not and collectedness no stay with this no no just stay a little bit longer is that right discernment is that correct is that okay no not quite what's the problem what's the issue that kind of discernment in this the sense is sampajanya how do we get around that how do we orient around that and what's the appropriate you know response mm. and asking the body not the mind the body's response is oh, oh. No, don't push it feel those edges where we feel a bit tense or contracted Don't adopt a mental strategy of changing it, pushing through it, dismissing it. Just expand your body awareness. Expand the body's memory. It's a capacity to extend and refer. Extend and refer. Your awareness extends. Refers back. Here, here, and you can use as a guideline for that here, use the spinal axis, the midline, which is how the body organizes itself fundamentally from the first cellular division. It operates by dividing around a midline, and that midline we can see in vertebrates is the spinal cord, spinal column. So there's an energetic center in the body and things organize around that. We're loosely speaking we're symmetrical. Yeah. And you can check this out because whenever you get a sense of that midline, which is not really a felt thing, it's almost an intuitive. There is a center which we can first of all apprehend 
perhaps through the vestibular sense, the ability to find balance. Off-centred, off-centred. When I'm off-centred, it generally means one part is doing too much and other bits are not present. So I'm really shouldering or I'm facing, you know, very common. Or leaning or whatever. So just coming into midline and you have to withdraw from sense contact, particularly the visual sense, which always throws you forward, up and forward, through space, which in a visual sense, space is the disconnect. That bit I've got to get through to get to where I want to be. Let's just turn that down. And in the somatic sense, space is not the disconnect, space is the connect. (laughs) Which we, ah, I am connected to to here-ness, you know. The here-ness is not just held inside, it's a, a field of here-ness. And that means I can relax into that, you know. So really sensing space somatically and even through the edges of your skin. It means there's no pressure here, there's no push here. Mm-hmm. That helps to bring you into, into balance. And when you get the sense First of all, the sense of balance itself, which means when you're balanced, there's the least pressure. Mm. It's a place of least pressure. Nothing's having to strain to hold anything up because your bones are holding you. Mm. So it's very light, poised, alert state, but it's not tense. Mm. And then around me, I'm including that and I'm open to that. I'm not trying to get through it, I'm not cutting it off, ignoring it, nor am I withdrawing from it. Mm-hmm. And you connect it to the space and this body remembering, remembering. It's not an intellectual process, it's, ah, I am home. <laughs> I am home. That's the felt sense. And as that kind of comfort, alert comfort is sensed, I feel the center becomes even stronger. Yeah, really. It's it's a center that's uh, pleasurable without being fizzy stimulated it's a, it's <laughs> which may occur first of all rapture slightly fizzy shifting excitement as the body is you know getting it and then ease sukha when it gets it i am home ah you know and it sits and this is called samadhi or one way of referring to it collectedness mm. So, the referencing. So sometimes in the sutta defined as internal, external. And, you know, and the conventional explanation, my body, other people's bodies. 
Um, I don't really buy that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's true to a certain extent, but when it says like, you know, breathing in and out, one breathes, contemplating internally, externally, I don't contemplate other people's breathing. I think that'd be pretty intrusive. Right? <laughs> I've never known anybody do it. <laughs> There's another way of looking at it, knowing, sensing the breathing energy as it moves out into the shared somatic domain and, and dissolves. Breathing in, drawing energy coming in internal sense lights up and breathing out a sense of an external without around this and this flow till the boundaries of the body become pretty permeable soft flexible and appropriate yeah appropriate rather than either rigid fencing or you know collapsed holes with no boundary at all when that that domain is not fully uh, curated uh, with mindfulness then you get these brokenness or dysfunction or imbalance in the embodied condition. You know, so what? <laughs> well, clearly, you know, it's just uh, it's not very pleasant <laughs> for a start. Because <laughs> in that kind of discordant, disembodied condition, we feel heavy, we feel lumpy, we feel tense, we feel tight, we feel jittery. We can't, sometimes we can't even get in there. <laughs> you know, there's no room in there. You say, drop your mind into your body, it just, just doesn't go in there. Uh, it, because it's, it doesn't want to go in there. It's too messy in there, and it's too vulnerable in there, and it's fearful in there. Uh, instead, it goes into thinking, very commonly, move out to the sense fields, to find some place of, okay, here I am. I've got my ideas together, I've got my life planned out, I've got the next day planned out, I've got my people organized, you know, da 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 da. And also, you know, in the sense fields, my walls, my door, my, I can open it and close it, and, and so forth, and so forth, and so forth. So when we exchange this, this kind of fulfilled embodiment for a, a, a fragmented environment, which I have to hold together and keep organizing. And it's never very comfortable anyway. And upon this, naturally, various uh, emotional uh, um, tendencies you know, arise. Emotional tendencies, um, uncertainty, you know, or, you know, seeking stimulation to keep the thing alive and vital. Mm. And of course, there's huge topics there. But the emotional sense is never easeful. Easeful.
Easeful sounds a bit boring, actually. <laughs> There's deep, saturated ease. Yeah. And you may think this is a high, high bar to rise to. But this isn't rising, this is falling. <laughs> this is descending, not rising. It's different energy, yeah. different current. And of course, based upon those emotional patterns, all kinds of actions occur, spoken, uh, inclination, um, and directed physicality, both in terms of oneself and others, and, and so forth. Yeah. And a lot of it can be doing with, you know, just trying to get my stuff together <laughs> from arranging the pieces in my what I conceive as my, my territory, my domain, arranging pieces. That takes a lot of doing. Sometimes the pieces don't want to be arranged. In fact, they get downright feisty if they're people. And, and they tend to break up and things fall away and machines break down and so forth. So it's our work trying to keep this act together. Uh, and then, of course, what we can do is just push on the volitional button a bit harder Come on, get at it. <laughs> Come on, rev up. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that, that kind of is the strategy for the uneaseful. You know, the, the, or the, I have to say this, for rather broken or, or fragmented um, domain, psychosomatic domain. It's not a personal condition. So that is remembered. You know, the do is remembered as the fundamental resource. Do something, it will get better. That's the fundamental resource. So the volitional trigger, the trigger of intention pushed we can kind of so adopt that model on a reflexive level, not even intellectually, but on a reflexive level, you, you know, sort of <laughs> that uh, that gets remembered. It's a discordant memory, if you like, discordant body memory, in that it, it always has to be pushed to make something happen, as if it won't unless you push. Because in the disorganized state, you don't get the regenerative, fulfilling experience of embodiment, so you have to push something to get the good stuff going. Yeah. Yeah. So the system never really attains homeostasis or balance. As I said, balance is the experience of least pressure, yeah, most minimal pressure, maximum poise and alertness, maximum ease. We say th this is then homeostasis, the system's in balance. And then you realize any kind of volitional push is going to throw you out. You might need just a slight inclination just to, to release pressure 
And when you release pressure, is it open, easeful, open. Open and yet quite rich. Rich with present energies, just nicely balanced, and the system feeds itself. It nourishes itself, it feeds itself. And this kind of... Um, is the energy I was talking about earlier uh, the energy of being and the idea of the energy being that not which is about doing but it's also about just releasing that just opening that a little bit and putting a bit more juice through that and it does it by itself except the only proviso is as long as there's full awareness of the whole and the interesting thing is awareness is, is your basic citta uh, complement to a whole body, to the balanced body. So, so citta, in one sense, just like body, is fundamentally, it's always there, it's always here as awareness. And yet, in its disturbed state, it's pushing towards the future, agitating around the past, Dealing with discursive phenomena, self, other, future, past, this, that, discursive, and it's moving around those, how do I organize all those bits and pieces it's doing? So your awareness is very much folded up into these um, different forms, just like you could take a, a sheet of paper, which is actually just one single sheet, and you could crumple it, and you see all these amazing peaks and valleys and troughs and shadows and and then you just okay how do I get that there how do I get that does that fit there once you start to pull the sheet oh where did the hills go where did the creases go did you cut them out did you solve them no we just opened where awareness goes then the being energy will go with it if you see, see, this is your base, basic, you know, before you were doing, you were being, right? So this is your fundamental life energy, right, from which we extract what we need for doing. So when we come back to just that open aware state or full, full embodiment, because the two fit together, right? I mean, we're using that as our, uh, or referring to that, or <laughs> uh, aspiring to that <laughs> as an inclination. Then you begin to say, okay, then there is a kind of doing which is actually like a, the doing of like not entangling more, for a start, not crumpling anymore, not pressurizing anymore also reflecting upon some of the, the energetic patterns that are causing that crumpling, which is craving, aversion, agitation, doubt, these hindering effects which capture intention and push it into different directions, right? Ill will, greed, stagnation, restlessness, doubt. And just smoothing that out. Mm by referring to whole body. 
and these hindrances, hindrances have an effect on the embodied domain. So then through that process of the relationship between citta and kaya, mind, awareness, heart, embodiment, as they work together, you know, so through the body we begin to discern you can't handle a body like that internally. You can't dominate it. That's improper. You've got to cooperate and open around it and stay in it, stay in the domain, which is the sampajanya, stay in it. Aim, purpose. Now when we use the word purpose, it's not to ram your fist on the, the volitional button. You could say what matters. What matters is harmony. So rather than purpose being an arrow to aim for something in the future, our purpose, reframe it, you know, dispel unwholesome, affirm the wholesome, things come into harmony, stasis, homeostasis is established. Yeah. And instead of that rushing out or withdrawing, fragmenting, there's a, there's a unification effect. This is samadhi and in that process we're using uh, sati and referring, this is balanced, this is not balanced. This is comfortable, this is not comfortable. This is pushing, this is falling. This is agitating, this is releasing. You know, let's just, you know, not put any more energy into those distorting patterns and instead let your energy settle into where you are comfortable and easeful. This is, of course, is an ongoing process. So we might say just to go down something very kind of granular detail. Okay, so you're doing breathing. So what you want to find out, what is your experience? Where, how, whatever in this domain is, is the breathing field just happening by itself, comfortable? If that's a bit too refined, standing. How is standing come to be by itself, the body standing? Yeah, pretty comfortable, light, and it can happen. Okay, when you get that domain, the, the whole body domain into, into that balanced state, what's pretty likely is your breathing will start to follow suit. So I generally don't recommend people put a lot of attention onto breathing uh, until there is that um, balanced quality to a good degree anyway. This is because breathing, uh, you know, on its optimum is a regulator. So it kind of carries the message uh, of our energy through the whole system. So if the breathing is constricted or agitated, it carries constriction into the system. Mm -hmm. If it's released and comfortable, it carries release and comfort through the system. So it kind of normalizes through the whole body and even into the space around. 
So it's right there, it's a kind of fundamental, you could say the nerve, vagal nerve, for the whole embodied experience. And of course it's associated with emotional psychological patterns such as pressure, tension, haste, urgency, uh, clipping. Clip. Uh, one breath, clip. Next breath, clip. Third breath, clip. Yeah, that's, that's, you sure? You know, because the, the other sankara, so intention is this volitional push, the other powerful sankara is attention, which means we almost decide on an on instinctive level what we're seeing. Right? So, okay, there's one breath, I'm, I'm, watching, I'm watching the breath, and the one breath is followed by the next. Are you sure? Just recognize the Buddha didn't actually teach that. He said, directly no breathing in, directly no breathing out. Directly, and it's pretty open instruction, isn't it? So, just kind of dismantle someone's assumptions. This swelling, fulfilling, energizing, easing, vitality moving through the bodily domain. Thoroughly sensitive to the entire body, one trains oneself. Breathing in, breathing out, soothing, soothing the kaya sankara, soothing the bodily formation, soothing the body's vitality, soothing the body's energy patterns. One is breathing in, breathing out. Sensitive to rapture, delight, uplift. When it's breathing in, breathing in. This is how you train yourself. Sensitive to ease. Breathing in, breathing out. Sensitive to the citta sankara, the impulse energy of the heart. When it's breathing in, breathing out. Thoroughly aware of citta, of knowingness. Breathing in, breathing out. Mm. Uh, so with sati, these functions, one is to just just put aside what isn't needed as a renunciation. Fundamental, skillful sankapa is renunciation, the ability to do put aside. No need it. Irrelevant. Burdensome. You know? So now. We're able to do that because in here I'm pretty comfortable, thanks, I don't need that. In here I'm feeling okay, not necessary. I'm stable enough in here, I don't need to hold on to that. Thank you, that's fine. That's how you do renunciation. You know, as you, <laughs> you begin to both, it's a kind of mutual process where you discover what you really don't need, you know, okay. And then you fill up, put that aside, for now and then start to expand the mind into awareness rather than its actions 
and embodying that. So in a way, sometimes we're sitting, we just almost take the weight off your back. What's it like when your shoulders are released? Don't need that. Mm? Don't need the hands clenched. Don't need that. Might have needed it before. Don't need it now. Don't need the shield on my chest. Open that. Oh, you know, so you check in. The whole thing. And check in with the lost piece of the body we've never even bothered with. The sides of the body. Oh yeah, it's, it's not, just a, not just a sheet or a pole. It's a barrel moving <laughs> in the sitting in space. You know, the, the circularity of the body. And this means that the, as one's awareness fills the body, then the energy channels begin to open up. Mm. And, oh yeah, I am, I'm pretty complete actually. I thought I felt complete before, naturally, because we took that as our basis, but oh yeah. Feels more comfortable, settled this way. More deeply stable. Uh, and so this is just kind of so your attention then doesn't settle upon okay let's focus on breathing no let your attention relax a little bit for a while get your intention just to span and know and use your attention lightly like you're penciling in and you think actually that's not there I don't need that rub that out okay yeah, and as I feel more comfortable in that, I have the faith to just maybe I could just soften that bit too. Faith arises. Oh yeah, that, so I didn't need that. Maybe I could just rub that one out too. That that thing I have to do, or that you know defensiveness, or that hurry upness. I never get my finger off the intention button. <laughs> you know, li- even lessen it, just subtle intention. Then perhaps, what's it like to lift <laughs> from that and just let things, ooh. Because <laughs> of course, in a disorganized state, that's pretty chaotic. Because <laughs> it's only that finger rammed on the button that keeps things together. Yeah. So that's why we can sit meditating all kinds of, ideas running around our heads because that running of intention holds things together and so if nothing to do we create things to do to keep the energy moving because that holds everything together and you take it off and just full collapsing chaos you know uh, so you build and grow incrementally but the whole body and the whole whole awareness, they will do it because they're natural. They're not a personal statement. You know, it's not like she can do it, but she can't, and he's too this, and she's not enough of that. No, it, it, it does it, uh, you know, by itself, and that's part of the easeful and trusting aspect where where faith is necessary. You know, I trust this body, I trust this process and partly that's because I've recognised 
I can't really trust much else actually. <laughs> you know, it's shaky. But this one's never going to leave me. Never going to leave you until the last breath. And when we get there, we'll find out. Who's doing in that? There's all these connectings occur within the body and between the body and the heart. So in that connecting, you might experience what they call like tissue memory, emotional pressures, emotional sadness, emotional glee, uh, even anger. These are all just kind of the crinkles coming out. Mindfully breathing in, breathing out, allowing that process to regulate these energies as they manifest. And you get a lot of wisdom out of that. Because certainly you know, the, the intentions, our volitional tendencies, our impulses, and particularly when they're habitual, very much feel like me. They are me in the saddle, however rocky the saddle is. And a lot hinges upon that. I will be blamed for it, praised for it, uh, succeeded it, or value myself upon it. A lot rests upon those energies, those emotional energies, those impulses. And in conventional life, yeah. And you're trying to tune in to the right kind of volitional qualities that will make you feel okay in the, in the social domain where you're at. So it's always at trying to normalize internal, external, self, environment. How does it fit? But when the environment is crazy or discordant or deluded, or fragmented, (laughs) to normalize it, you fragment. (laughs) You fit perfectly. You're just as crazy as the next person. (laughs) Just as frantic. (laughs) This is why the Buddha said, let's start on your own, you know. It's not a hatred, it's just, let's get the really fundamental sanity and then see if I can extend that around me, you know, to the people I'm with, to my aims and attitudes, to my lifestyle and and what I'm going to do. My doing then comes from a a much more healthy, um, completed basis. So it's integration. Integration is the path, eightfold path. These volitional qualities, these emotional tones, and certainly the thought processes that accompany them, can be so familiar and habitual and acted upon and, and highlighted that they become myself. There's certain issues around that, aren't there? What is myself? If you use that phrase Roughly speaking, it means there's a certain intensity around that. Like this is, this is an issues around this. This is me. This is myself. 
um, you know, there's a heightening of sensitivity around that. Heightening of sensitivity around that. Okay? I'm sensitive to my moods and feelings and intentions and impulses and frustrated when I can't fulfill them and not quite clear where they're going the right way and comparing with other people's stuff. There's a lot of stuff can happen around intentions and volition as myself. What am I going to do that's useful? Yeah. Just well. Hmm. And then criticism about my intentions and moods and attitudes. Sensitivity to how clear or regular or flawless they are. Negativity, so discord sets in and need sets in and frustration, unfulfillment sets in. Because those, if those volitions and intentions are arising from an incomplete basis, they arise from an incomplete pattern, from an incomplete foundation, they cannot arrive at a complete conclusion. Because <laughs> if you start now tilted over, following that direction, you can't get straight, can you? Look at it that way. You know, so if your intentionality is that and you follow it, it can't take you to stasis, can it? Which is what we wish for on some fundamental level, to feel balanced, complete, fulfilled, really with where I'm at. Then there's the stressing, anyone can do one's work. But if our volition tendencies are urgent, faltering, you know, seeded with frustration and irritation, grief and anger, fear and worry, and all these bring up, they're not going to arrive by themselves at the place of completion. In any sense, in just an organizational sense, you know, working as a group together, but you just got to soften and cooperate and learn and try, you know, that kind of thing, and internally as well. And so this is a, a inclusive sense. And what can include and embrace it all is awareness. It can't ex- exclude because you're aware of it. And then naturally the, the seed qualities of, of goodwill or non-aversion, non-cruelty, and non-greed, non-grasping gratification. And we can see cruelty occurs whenever there's a cutting off of empathy. And we can recognize this horrifically when she's of another nation then that's okay to wipe her out <laughs> or another religion or another disposition or whatever. You know, and we, humans doing this 
blatantly, hugely. In empathy, you, you can't do that. <laughs> it can't happen. So that, that loss of empathy is the basis of cruelty. And similarly, within this, when does the brutality take over? When does the forcing take over? When does the dismissing take over? When does the suppressing take over? Hmm? When does empathy arise? Well, whenever something is taken as myself, it stands in opposition to what is seen as other than myself. So, so you know, you've got to start softening that line of myself, that pattern, that habit of myself, and soften it. This happens to me, if you like, or this happens within me, and I can sense that. That's a little bit better, isn't it? We're now we're, we acknowledge it's present, but we're not welded <laughs> to that volition. I can, I can let it fine, let it move. Right. So uh, there's a little bit of detachment occurs, and then dispassion. That's that. I may not particularly like this urge or this rush, or I may delight in it, but it's itself. It's doing what it does. And then with that dispassion, we begin to see, rather than go into all the story, just where does it, what is it, where does it come from? What, what triggers it? And this is wisdom. It's triggered by that impression, that assumption, that mode of attention. You know? That perception, she is this, he is that, that's an impression. How true is it? And how useful is it? Sampajanya, appropriate. Yes, I, she does seem to be rather irritated and, and upset and angry. I could focus on that or I could say, hmm, she's probably experiencing some kind of stress. I can feel that energy which I know myself. Uh-huh. Rather than she's an angry person or I could defend myself against things. Is that? Yeah. Well, everybody gets that. Uh-huh. Maybe because of threat, maybe because of in feeling intimidated, maybe because of a number of things, maybe not even angry, just speedy. So just checking the assumptions and what I do know is my defense reflex lights up or my fight with her lights up. And I can cut those intentions. Space, open, let things move through. So we look at triggers triggers of, of what triggers our impulses and in our, in our attention, you know, the mind, the, when attention is seeking gratification, focuses in a particular way, yeah. when it's seeking stimulation, it focuses in a particular way, where are objects that will delight me, seeking security, it focuses in a different way. Mm. So what if it's just open, 
like the person in the forest. Yeah, there could be dangerous animals here, there could be fruit, light, warmth, shelter, all of it. And so the massage attention and intention, you arrive at alert openness. Settling in that, mind feels unified. Now most of us, you know, we've got these what are called inherited somatic and psychological patterns. I don't think this is news. You probably would acknowledge certain psychological patterns, perhaps with a sense of mm, regret or why is that that way? Uh, and my suggestion is just going to how the body feels in that or even what parts of your body light up. And you realise when that one's riding, you don't have a back. <laughs> You've got a big face but no back. <laughs> you know? Or your guts kind of tighten up a little bit. <laughs> oh, so you know what bits of the body get left behind. And pretty much standard is the legs disappear. Feet disappear, legs disappear. So I'm, my body is I'm my body. My body, I'm feeling, you know, saturated, worrying, anxiety. Say, so what? Are your knees anxious? No. So just spreading attention to areas that are not affected by that that disposition, and it allows the energy to widen and drain and the underpinning of the volitional state can be released. Then we might refer to that trigger that triggers anxiety again in the open state, in the fulfilled state, in that complete state. So, hmm. Yeah, this is the, there's, a, there's a problem here. Hmm. We'll have to wait a little and see, be alert to that. Ah, that's a good idea. You know, <laughs> it comes from the open. I remember the early days of being a monk, we had to rebuild the house we were living in, pretty derelict. At one point, um, they were taking out the main joists between one room and the room above it. So you've got these main joists, which are massive timbers, which have become rotted with, with fungal growth, with dry rot, so they had to go. So you've got these massive joists which are supporting two more stories above it. We had to take them out. So we got what are called acro props, which is big steel poles that you can you can extend them. So we put these acro props in and then put some planks in and tried to, you know, get the acro props to hold the house up while they took the beams out. So they got the <laughs> house is sitting on these two two columns of steel holding the thing up. And you're looking at it. Uh, <laughs> and then the wind is blowing. You <laughs> could with people living in it. <laughs> and then they get the feeling, uh, what, uh, I've never done this before. 
this could be quite deadly. Because <laughs> uh, you're looking around, it doesn't seem to be very well placed. <laughs> the whole thing is just so so tentative, and there's, there's, there's room for anxiety here. When there's room for anxiety, definitely room for anxiety. Best thing, do nothing. Ah, I got an idea. <laughs> and then it pops up. You know. I know somebody who deals with this kind of thing. Phone them up. You know, so these things pop up. Uh, and I think this is really wonderful. You know, uh, uh, the way that you know these resources, wisdom can arise within this system without me being that smart, actually. And I've fundamentally, you know, based my whole life on that principle of never knowing quite what to do, but just pause on the volitional button, come into wholeness best you can, and wait for a moment, ten seconds, till things settle. Then the best thing that is possible now, you can do. And with the process of Satisampajanya, what really matters is to establish this basis. Yeah, uh, in the domain, non-delusion, and comfortable. We can go this far, and then we'll check again. And then, ah, oh, it's this way. And then check again. And then, ah, oh, now it's weight. And now it's open. So you come out of straight line attitude. Like, boom. One, two, three, four, five, boom. That's a totally weird construction. Works for machines, maybe. But for human beings, it's walking through a forest. Pause. Check out. Think this way. Pause. Doesn't feel so good. Wait. Now it's this way. So we we walk that way. And similarly internally, I come up against this real sense of restriction happening, frustration, can't get it. Just go push. Form a relationship with that. Stay in your center. Open to that. You know, it may not feel completely fulfilled and center, but what you have, where your comfort, you know, center is, and expand your awareness from there. See? And it could be you embrace the frustration or you embrace the restriction, or you say, I'll just leave you there for now and see if there's another pathway. This is walking through the forest. Uh, and that's where we were born. We came down from the trees, remember. Hmm? And in that, there's a sense of sattā, because you really don't know for sure but you trust. 
system will move at its rate and it learns and it quite enjoys the process of moving its rate through this strange tangled land when all the time we're coming into wholeness confidence sadha turns into confidence groundedness mm. and we discern this quality of volition not necessary or only necessary in this situation not appropriate here this one this quality of attention a bit obsessive a bit stuck a bit too tight looking for a straight line release that so I mean it's clearly in this life when all the stuff comes running home all the energies come rushing back there will be considerable intensity intensification uh, my practice has been very intense and sometimes extremely intense and so so you know, with all the good ideas, you know, like Laura was saying, you know, they're similar to, as she was explaining, you know, getting up really early, I'd go out for like half a mile run, get back, cold shower, and do yoga, and this was before, <laughs> before five in the morning, you know, <laughs> like, geez. and then getting the right, So as much as it still it goes on, I think where does it ever kind of finally? And so I started to do aimlessness as a practice, uh, and particularly aimless wandering. So we, you know, this is another way of doing walking meditation, where you're just standing and then letting the body move. So the movement of the body centering in the abdomen hip region that's where your walking starts from and then turning the hips moving lift the foot moving, moving and then starting to sense what would be enjoyable what would be in this speed pausing and then starting to refer to the external domain oh there's a sound How's that affecting me? The sight, that leaf. How's that affecting? Sensing. So you can move through the sense spheres in that way without snagging or pushing or obsessing. You arrive here. So let's take some time for direct practice and uh, once again walking, meditation is an excellent way of getting into the fluidities of embodiment. It's not a rigid thing and when you're walking meditation do bear in mind, you know, staying connected to the space as you walk. You're not walking with your eyes, you're walking from the belly, the chest, the hips moving through, see if you're shouldering or moving your way through water and then you're going to really emphasize the connectedness of the space and encourage the body energy to 
open into that. Thank you.